Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. So, if we can put the first verse on the screen, it's from Isaiah 60. We've just put verse 2 up on the screen, but I'm going to read the whole passage to you. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Arise and shine. That's what God is commanding you and me. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth. When God looks at the earth, spiritually, most of it is covered in darkness. Darkness means ignorance, confusion, sadness, being lost, not knowing where we are. The darkness shall cover the earth, deep darkness the people, but the Lord will arise over you. His glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. John chapter 12, Jesus said in verse 35, he who walks in darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light, that you may become sons of the light. So my talk today is called From Darkness to Light. And From Darkness to Light is exactly what Lighthouse Church is all about. And it starts with an individual person. And I'm going to take you through the process from an individual to a lighthouse today. Very briefly, 15-minute sermon. But an individual person starts life in darkness. The problem is there's a devil who whispers to you, you're not really in the dark, this is a great place to be. And you're stumbling around and bumping your head on cupboards and things, and the devil's saying, it's fun. And you're saying, yay. And there's a whole bunch of other voices you can hear of other people saying, yay, celebrate the darkness. Isn't this wonderful? And you're stubbing your toe, and you're falling over, and you're confused, and you're wondering where to go. But everyone else is saying, this is the life. And one day, you wake up, and you say, this is not the life. For some of us, it happens very early. Some people, it's many years into their lives where they realize this world is not all there is. There has to be more. And Jesus said, while I am in the world, I am the light of the world. He came again and again in the Bible. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. It says men love darkness, but the light came and he shone himself and showed himself to the world. And for many of us, we see Jesus, we see what he offers and who he says he is and the light goes on and a little spark is born from darkness to light I wonder if you are in darkness or whether you've seen the light the second part is John 8 verse 12 Jesus spoke to them again saying I am the light of the world so he's he's showing them the light by his words by his his demeanor by his care by his compassion by his miracles by his love by his teaching of truth he's showing them the light and people were amazed it was like moths being drawn to a light thousands of people would follow Jesus but in John chapter 6 it starts with thousands multiplied thousands following Jesus and it ends with just the 12 disciples and he says to them do you also want to leave me because everyone has left Jesus because he was the light but he also required them to become the light it's not just a consumer article where you come and you, oh, 
it's a lovely light. He says, no, no, I want the light to be in you. And many, many people left him. But the disciples said, where else could we go? You have the words of eternal life. So the spark comes. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. And so the first thing about being part of Lighthouse, if you, if you want to answer the question, how do I become a member of Lighthouse Church? The first thing is you have to have the light inside of you. You have to have said to Jesus, I love you and I want to follow you. I see your light and I want it to become part of me. And if you are that, that doesn't mean you have to be part of this church. Many churches have people who are alive with the light of God, but that's the first requirement. Then we move on to Philippians chapter 2 and verse 15. He says that you may become blameless and harmless. Become. Become. There, there is a start of a spark of light in you when you give your life to Jesus. And many of us in this last year, I have had the privilege of standing up here and seeing people say, yes, I want to give my life to Jesus. But it doesn't stop there. That's just the beginning of the road. He says, you may become, once the light's on, there's the, the unfolding of the light, that you may become blameless and harmless. I love that. Blameless and harmless. Blameless means nobody can point a finger at you. Harmless means you don't hurt other people. Because hurt people hurt people. And so as we're healed, we stop hurting others. Blameless and harmless. Children of God, without fault, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. I love that. The light doesn't just stay with the other lights. We go out there to where the darkness is. And I love something that James said about a year ago. He said, there is no greater, there is no amount of great darkness that can overcome the smallest of lights. It doesn't matter how dark it is, the tiniest of light breaks through into the darkness. And as you and I go out there into this world, which is dark, there are confused and lost people. We shine the light. In a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. So we get the light, we grow in the light, but now I want to show you a three-part process where I go from being alone in the light to where I join with others in a small group in the light and then those small groups join together and we become a city of light. And Matthew chapter 5 verses 14 to 16 describe this process but they actually describe it backwards. So I'm going to read verse 16 first, and then I'll, I'll read it backwards, and then I'll read it forward. So verse 16 says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So that's us. Now we've had the light, and we're starting to grow in the light, and we start to shine good works and, and good words and love, just like Jesus. You don't realize, when you 
you go to your office and you sit at your desk and you just go through your normal day, people are watching you and they may never say anything, but they are impressed by the light that comes out of you. When you don't gossip, when you don't get offended, when you don't get angry, when you prefer others, when you do a good job, when you don't steal from the boss by trying to take time off when he doesn't say you can. All these different things. People are watching you and the light is shining. That's you being an individual light. But then verse 15 says, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand and it gives light to all who are in the house. So now we've gone from being an individual little light to being in a house of light where you shine to a house. And that first of all means your family. I want to tell you that your family are affected by your light. But then I want to say to you that in the church, in the Bible, this idea of house and city talks a lot about churches that are houses. Again and again in the Bible, it speaks about the church that meets in the house of whoever, Philemon, Priscilla and Aquila, various other houses. It speaks about house churches where all the gifts are, are ministered and everybody can share and be part of the service. But then it talks about a city gathering. In Acts chapter 2 it says, they met daily in their houses from house to house and in the temple courts. In Acts 18 and 19 in Ephesus they met in houses all around but then Paul gathered them together in the lecture hall of Tyrannus every day and they had larger meetings. There's the small and there's the large. It's a consistent theme but as lights the light comes on in you you shine it but then you start to shine it to the house and if you're not in a small group I want to say to you we are not benefiting from the light that you have to offer and we want to. You know there, there are commands in the Bible for Christians and churches that cannot be obeyed in a large Sunday gathering. For example, in 1 Corinthians 14, it says, when you come together, everyone has something to contribute. A word, a psalm, a, a prophecy, a this, a that. And it says everybody contributes. We can't do that. That can only be obeyed in a small group. The, the one another verses in the Bible, there are so many verses, if you do a search, in your concordance for the phrase one another, love one another, prefer one another, minister to one another, be hospitable to one another, forgive one another, care for one another, speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. These are verses in the Bible that cannot be obeyed on a, a one and a half hour Sunday morning service. This service is where we come and we get plugged in and recharged and refocused, but then church happens out there in our business and in our work workplace and in our social life, but also in those small meetings where there is intimate sharing of, of our lives together and where the pastoring happens. I want to share you a little secret. A pastor can only pastor 12 people even if he's Jesus. Jesus had 12 disciples. A pastor can only pastor 12 people. It's like a human max. Nobody can pastor more than 12, which means if everyone's looking at the pastor or James and Greg as the pastor, it's not going to happen. A pastor cannot pastor more than 12 people, which is why if you want to be cared for the way the Bible says we should be cared for, it happens in those small 
groups. So, first of all, me, then the house, and then verse 14 says, You are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. And now it speaks of this blasting, blazing city that just shines so bright that even people hundreds of miles away know about it. And they come close and they see this blazing furnace of light, a city on a hill. All the house groups, so all the little individual lights have gathered into houses and then the houses have gathered into a city and it's blazing, a lighthouse. So Revelation chapter 1. I, John, verse 9, was on the island of Patmos for the word of God. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. And what you see, write in a book and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia, to Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. Notice that those are the names of cities, but he calls them churches. These are now the cities on a hill. Each city has become a lighthouse, but it didn't always shine the light. At the beginning of Acts chapter 18, Paul went into the city of Corinth. He found a house, Priscilla and Aquila, one little family, and the light started to shine, and Priscilla and Aquila as a family, the, the light came on, and they became a lighthouse family. And then, at the, towards the end of Acts 18, he says, now we're going to Ephesus. And it says he took Priscilla and Aquila with him, and he went into Ephesus. He got established there. He set them up, and then he left for a year and a half. And Priscilla and Aquila called in a man called Apollos and explained the word of God to him more accurately. They became a lighthouse group. And the teachings of Apollos, he had shared with 12 other people. At the beginning of Acts 19, it says Paul then went back and there were 12 disciples, but they didn't quite understand everything because Apollos hadn't fully explained it to them. So the light had gone from an individual to a family to a little lighthouse group and 12 disciples. Then Paul goes in and he's got this little group and he starts preaching and he rents a room called the Lecture Hall of Tyrannus and people come every day and hear him preach and it says this went on for two and a half years so that everyone in the province of Asia heard the word of the Lord, both Jews and Gentiles. Paul's light has become a city. There are just all these house groups all over the city, Priscilla and Aquila and various others, and he's gathering them together. But the light so shines that it says everyone in the whole province, and he mentions the cities in Revelation. Ephesus was the first, then Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. The word of God spread and other cities started getting the light and it started to blaze. And he goes on to describe what he saw. Then I turned to see the voice. This is now John again in heaven. Then I turned to see the voice of him who spoke with me. And having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. What does that speak of? Do you remember Matthew 5? Let your light so shine. They put a light on a lampstand. Be a city on a hill. 
John sees seven lampstands, which are the seven city churches, lighthouses, shining out. And in the midst of the seven lampstands, one like the Son of Man. This is Jesus. Who is the source of the light? It's Jesus. Listen to the description. Clothed with a garment down to the feet, girded about the chest with a golden band. His head and his hair were white like wool, as white as snow. His eyes like a flame of fire. His feet were like fine brass, as if refined in a furnace. His voice is the sound of many waters. He had in his right hand seven stars. And I don't have time to talk about why the leaders of churches are stars. Daniel chapter 12, verses 2 and 3, talks about leaders being bright stars. In his hand he had seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. So let me summarize. What happened in Revelation was John saw from the spiritual perspective. He saw from God's point of view what the world looks like. It's dark, but then there's Jesus, the shining, blazing light. And all around Jesus are these lampstands, which are city churches. Ephesus was the first, and then it spread out, and there were all these other city churches that were started. And they're shining the light. And within those little lampstands, if you read Revelation 2 and 3, Jesus then has messages for the churches. And he talks to them as individuals. He, he, he asks the messenger, the star that's in his hand, to tell the church in Ephesus or Pergamos or wherever, to tell them the message of Jesus. And it's very personal. He says, I know about Antipas, who died as a martyr in your city. He knows about the individual lamps, lamps in the church. Then he says, but I'm worried about that little group who are following the teachings of Balaam or the Nicolaitans or Jezebel or the synagogue of Satan. He says, I'm worried about these little groups, which are the little houses. He says, correct that group, correct that group. But then the whole lamp together, Jesus is standing in the midst of the lampstands and the light is shining out of Jesus, shining through the individuals, shining through the houses, shining through the city lamps and it's shining out to the world. And I want to say that is what this church wants to be. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes. And please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.